there and can make it back. Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Travel and Shit, your favorite travel podcast where I, your host, T. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. Welcome back or welcome for the first time. Either way, I am happy to have you here. Um, so if you haven't already, if you haven't, I'd love if you would take my listener uh, survey. It gives me a better insight into who you guys are, what you're interested in so that I can continue to do my best to give you content and conversation that you are actually going to be interested in so that you'll come back again, as well as knowing what and whom to partner with so that it's actually something that you're interested in, as well as if you would not mind, rate and uh, like the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Because the same way that we use um, reviews and the such on platforms like Airbnb and Expedia and Viator when we are making our choices and decisions in travel, that will absolutely help people decide whether or not they want to listen to the show. I know I personally scroll through um, ratings and reviews of podcasts when I am looking to choose um, a new show to listen to. So that being said, let's dive in. This was a by chance episode, if you will. I was having a conversation with a coworker maybe a week ago. And somehow we got to, and oddly enough, Shorty never spoke. She was one of those people that I would just ignore in passing in the building because I am not in the business of repeating myself or repeating um, salutations or greetings, if you will. If I say good morning to you, um, once or twice and you don't respond back, or if you walk into a space that I'm in and don't speak, don't lift your eyes, don't make eye contact and nod nothing. We're good. Like we don't have to be friends. I don't, you're not, uh, what's the word? I'm not owed an acknowledgement or anything from you, but I mental note and I follow through accordingly. Like I'm not going to, you know, be, overly kind, if you will. Um, that being said, I am also one of those people, regardless of whether or not I like, you know, know you, like you, um, adore, not, I don't adore anybody, but my very close friends, um, and family. But like, I'm also one of those people that will say, oh girl, nice ring or nice shoes or okay coat. So anyway, I think I was like opening the door or some shit and, um, she, for some reason had her hand out or I had held the door for her and she got, anyway, she had a ring on. We're both August baby, we're both Leos actually. Um, and she had a Peridot ring on. And so I'm just like, oh, that's a really cute ring. Are you a Leo? Are you, you're an August Leo? And she was just like, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so then we started talking and now all of a sudden it's like, boom, now we speak when we see each other. Um, that being said, y'all, I don't know how we got on the topic, but somehow, um, she was, I found out she was from Russia and she was talking about when she came over and, you know, what, a little bit about what her experience here is like and compared to what it's like, um, where she's from, blah, 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 and all that shit. And then I asked her two part question. 
where would you suggest someone go to get a feel for the people of of Russia, like the people in the culture, like where Russia's fucking huge, right? So where would you suggest someone go to visit to get a feel for like the heart of Russia, like who the people are and what they fuck with? I didn't say it like that. And also, where would you suggest someone go visit in Russia if they really want a feel for like the tourism version of Russia. If like you want to see the seas, if you want to see the sites, feel the feels and get that kind of like, oh, this is what the topography is. This is what the, you know, the landscape and the feel, the, um, the essence of mother Russia, if you will. Right. Because they don't have to be the same. You can go one place for, say a good time, fun and excitement and things to do. Whereas you can go someplace else and then really get a feel for who the people are. It's a little bit quieter or a little more slow paced so that you can, you know, really uh, engage and interact with people. So that's, you know, kind of how I look at things. And so she was, she has suggested St. Petersburg, um, so that you have an answer. But she also then said to me, you know, I really think that you should read the literature. If you want to know who the people of a country are, read their literature. I love to read. I was that kid that was always in a book. I didn't really play outside because outside was in my head. Um, I, I loved it. I, you never had to force me to read. I enjoyed it. I sought them out on my own. I wrote my own short stories. It was my bag. I was with the shits. That being said, I'm thinking of the only Russian lit I could think of is like Tolstoy. Um, I want to say we were supposed to read Anna Karenina in high school. I never did. I just couldn't get into it. The shit was wild long. Rebecca, I did read. I don't think that's Russian lit, but in terms of lit, like those are the two books that I also, what was it? Tess of D'Obervilles. That book I actually read twice. That shit's good. But Anna Karenina, I want to say that that's some variation of Russian lit. I don't know if that in particular is Tolstoy, but I remember we had to read that in um, high school, which I said I did not. Pretty sure I still did very well on the test because Cliff Notes or Spark Notes. Also, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just test well. But that being said, I began to think like, well, if that's the case, I could never really, if I had to read that book to try to ingest or develop a sense of who the people of Russia were, I'd never fucking know. And here we are. I also had a moment where I was just like, damn, do I have any Russian friends? Do I know, and not not just friends, but do I even know anybody Russian? Let's like scale that back. Um, I was actually having this conversation with, um, boyfriend, all my friends are people of color. Um, I have white associates, white folks I'm cool with, you know what I mean? Like fuck with plenty of white, white people. Um, but when we're talking about like friends, people that I go to when I need something or people that I, um, easily would open my home to like people that were just that are like here are keys to my car go and do what you need to do here are keys to my home pull up if you need something 
my best friends, my closest friends, the people that I speak to the most in life are all people of color. Most of them are black or of um, black descent, like Afro-Latinos. Or yeah, period, that's it. That being said, I was trying to do a little inventory like, damn, have I had much interaction with anybody from Russia? And I was thinking about all the chicks from high school and I'm just like, she was from Poland, thinking about old coworkers. And I'm like, I feel like she's from like Slovakia or another one of those, um, countries closer to like Eastern European country. Right. And then I was thinking like, I kind of reeled it back in and I'm like, that's a lot to read to answer some questions. Right. Also in my head, I'm thinking gatekeepers who all out there is saying what stories get to be told, who all is saying what stories get to be promoted. One of the things, um, old girl mentioned was, uh, in Russia, she was saying like, you cannot speak out about the government. Like you basically, you may not get like picked up and snatched off the street per se. However, you'll start to see over time that you're kind of being like investigated or watched. And after a while, like you might notice that, you know, little things are, um, being not like like she made it kind of seem like you might disappear like two months later. Um, but you know, again, this is one person. And again, this was the first time I was talking to this girl. That being said, I really got not stuck on the literature part, but I really was trying to not rationalize, but balance whether or not I felt that would be on one hand enough for me and on the other hand would I trust it because I am thinking that if this is a country that you feel as if you don't have the uh, luxury if you will of speaking freely what are the chances that the lit is going to necessarily do that Like if this is a country, according to her, that, you know, you kind of got to be careful what you say, what are the chances that I'm going to be able to get someone's open and honest opinion in a read, in a book? So I then was like, yeah. And then also how much do I have to ingest? As much as I enjoy reading as an adult, I definitely don't read as much as I did when I was a kid. That being said, how much would I have to ingest to get a fair view of what, you know, um, the people are like? And then also, duh, everybody's different, right? So we know that to be true of every location. People are always going to be different. Opinions, views, um, beliefs, all of that is going to vary across a multitude of different categories and spaces and for different reasons and all that other kind of shit. But it just seemed like it would be a lot more work to try and sort through or commit to 
learning about a people through, I don't want to say the advertised written works, but through advertised works or through written works that you were able to come across. I decided that wasn't my bag. While not something completely off the table, I reasoned, I resolved with myself that I would continue to do what I already do. And here we have this episode, long intro, the little lead up, if you will, gave it a little backstory. I'm a conversation girl, i.e. podcast, right? But I'm a conversation girl. I would much rather show up in a place, land someplace, or just talk to people from an area and feel out who that person is that way. For me, I would much rather have somebody answer a question I specifically had or know that this is somebody that I can vibe with on a person to person level, right? Without having to do a, you know, uh, researching the bio of an author of uh, a written work or something that I wanted to get into to try to get a feel for an area or a destination. I generally tend to, I'm an energy person. So if I'm around someone or if I'm interacting with someone, I've got a better shot of knowing whether or not I'm going to um, align with someone, not necessarily agree, but align with somebody. Do, are we going to vibe? Is this going to be someone that I am, I don't have to um, necessarily see all of myself in someone, but I can see like pieces of things where, okay, you're someone that cares about other people. Okay. You're someone who really enjoys, you know, outdoors culture and, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, culture and society kind of activities, things where you get to interact with people and, you know, meet and greet, learn new things. I enjoy being able to look someone in the eye and hear what it is they have to say about an area. And that got me, of course, to thinking about all the different trips that I've taken where I've absolutely met people uh, that have left a really, really, I don't want to say beautiful taste, but beautiful taste of an area on my heart. I've had some really dope experiences. And I also realized that a lot of the touristy things that I have consumed, if you will, while abroad have been facilitated or hosted by, I don't want to say tourists, but um, expats, people that found themselves living in a location for 20 years, or, you know, I came here for school and then never left, or I moved here about five years ago and, you know, got married, or I grew up in a neighboring country and came here for work, school, or medical, whatever. Like a lot of people are not necessarily local. So in the context of this conversation, I tried to do my best and reference the people that I knew were from the country that I was visiting. So that being said, my list, I've had some really, really dope conversations and really 
good interactions with people. And some of them, of course, have been more insightful, more about the history and the politics and, you know, the culture of a community. And I want to get this one off my chat, like Cuba. Let me start there. I ended up doing the, what was it? I think it's Afro-Cuban Roots. I did a tour with that group in Cuba and it was Afro-Cuban religions, um, Santeria, Voodoo, I think it was Hoodoo. And I want to say there was like one other that they mentioned as well. But hands down, y'all, that was probably top three, if not top five, if not top three of all the excursions that I've taken in my travels like that Afro Cuba beyond Cuban roots. I think it's like beyond Cuban roots. I believe that's the name of the company, but that experience was absolutely incredible. And part of that reason was because of the people, no, not part of the reason, but 85% of the reason was because of the people. And then like the other 15, maybe 75, 25, Mm, damn, maybe 60, 40, because I was really curious about the information as well. And the people were definitely a big portion. So I'd say 60, 40. Anyway, I will never forget the conversation that we had in a local community center. It was four black women from Brooklyn at that. Well, I ain't from Brooklyn, but everybody swear I'm from fucking Brooklyn. I'm from Southside. I'm from Queens, but I'm not offended when someone says I'm from Brooklyn. Um, that being said, we were, I want to say it was one, two, three. It may have only been three of us, but I feel like it was four of us. But there, let's just say there were four of them. Everybody was from New York, whether they'd been an expat or um, and lived there for only like short amount of time, like five years or like um, native New Yorkers as, such as myself. But we were all black women and we all reside. We were all going back home to New York. And we were on this trip together and we had the most delightful conversation over some beers in a community center about colorism, gentrification, and just cultural identity and uh, racial identity with local Cubans. And it was overall such a beautiful experience, not just that moment in particular, But that moment in particular did add to what made the entire experience, the entire excursion, such an impactful and memorable um, visit. And I don't want to say experience again. Visit and not activity because that kind of minimalizes it. Hmm. You got my point. Uh, So that one top tier. That was absolutely, um, the first one I wanted to stay, start with were the experiences that I've had have absolutely given me the opportunity to get a feel for the people of, uh, of a country that I've been visiting outside. And another one would be also in Cuba. I did a, another day hike. It was a, like we hiked, we waded across a river. We did a ton of shit so much fun. That was the day I've mentioned it before that I had so many firsts. First time I went snorkeling, first time I went cliff diving. So first time I'd been in a swim into a cave. First time I like held an, a wild ass little octopus, tiny little baby one. Um, 
excellent, excellent, excellent ex- uh, experience. And I was speaking with, it was a husband and wife duo. And I want to say they were both biologists. And I was speaking with the wife towards the end of the trip. And she spoke better English of the two of them. And we were discussing with a small group of us. I want to say it was myself, her, Kevin, and one other, I can't remember her name right now. Um, but Kevin was a guest. I want to say episode three, one of the first five episodes, I want to say gay drag and non-binary, non-binary travel. That was one of my favorite episodes. Absolutely love that. And I actually met Kevin in Cuba. Um, but Nikki, that was the other young lady's name. The one, two, three, four of us were uh, speaking and she was telling us about her experience as a biologist. She's just like, I basically have a PhD and I get paid the same as a, a cook. Um, you know, the taxi drivers of course will make a little bit more because they also get, because they can include their tips in what their income is. But if you're just not like just a service provider, but if you work in an industry that doesn't include tips, like your pay is your pay is it's not like doctors get paid more teachers get paid more truck drivers get paid more like basically all get the same shit um and we spoke about a couple of different things but just talking to her and having her detail and explain her experience of cuba and the experience of her family and friends and what you know their view on their their livelihoods and their lives was really interesting. Another one that I immediately uh, thought of was my, not my host, but the host, not my host in terms of, in terms of where I was staying, but my excursion. I did one of those day tours where you're able to do like your own comprehensive package. Like you pick three different, de- like she's got like a, a host of maybe, five or six different locations that she'll bring you and you choose like the three that you're interested in. And so we spent the entire day together. And when I tell you, I ended up so far in this woman's business, it was so fucking interesting. First of all, let's start with when I met her and probably for like the first hour or two, I thought that she was just a random white lady. Turns out, Sis is black. Um, she has a black ass daddy and a white mama. However, she was probably the closest thing to passing that I personally um, knew I experienced like with someone. It's one thing to see somebody on the street and then like not know. It's one thing to see somebody and speculate. It's another thing to look at somebody and be like, mm, you look a little spicy. When I looked at her, she just looked like she was tan, but she just looked like a Caucasian woman. And she then went into detail to explain to me a little bit more of the history of the island in terms of like how it was colonized and then went up to, you know, what her, I guess it should, yeah, what her surname was and how that raised some confusion for people um, because she has what is, I guess they're known as a traditionally black name, but then when they look at her, because her daddy's black, but when people look at her, they're like, 
you? And then either she will go on and explain, yeah, this is my family. And then, you know, I think she also is, um, the way she explained it was like, a, at least in the area that she's from, people know that family, that family line. And so when she says like, that's her name, they'll look at her like she's kind of crazy. Um, but she was, she went on to talk about that. She went on to talk about her experience growing up, not looking like her, you know, her dad or not looking like a lot of her other, uh, family members. I don't know if she had siblings or not. I don't remember that. But when I tell y'all, I had such an interesting conversation with this woman once that came up, because then it was like, wow, your perception of someone means almost nothing until you get to know a little bit more about them because you're visual, like you're just surface level interaction with someone can stay there. You know, keep in mind, you go to a grocery store and you go t- get to the cashier, you check out, you get your shit. Hey, bye. Thanks. Appreciate you, girl. Have a great weekend. Right. It doesn't like, you don't necessarily think that person's good, bad, right, wrong, anything in between. It's just an interaction and you move on. And in certain instances, you get to go beyond just that superficial surface level meat. And in this case, it wasn't just a, you know, you are the guide. There are 12 of us on the group trip or there's like a bus full of people. And while you get to, you know, share your personality with us and while you get to, you know, give information about things that are going on around us and we can say, oh my gosh, you're really cool. You were funny. Good time. Everybody clap and tip your, um, your guide. This was just the two of us. So I could ask her whatever came to mind. She, of course, had the right to not fucking answer, but we were able to speak, like dialogue, discourse. There was conversation. And for me, that was such a beautiful interaction. And what was cool about that experience, as well as the other experience I did with two of my faves, Ben and Kat in Guadalupe, they both gave gifts at the end. So my impression which I don't know to be true or not, because again, these are three people that I met on this trip at on this island that do not necessarily have to, no, not even that don't necessarily have to. They do not represent the nation as a whole. Let me circle back and back and be clear about that. These interactions are still microcosms of the bigger, right? micro to the macro. However, I, the point I'm making with this episode in particular is that while you can choose to pull information off and ingest information as it's given to you, I, myself, D. Carrie, happen to be a person that more so enjoys interacting with people because I can ask for clarification or I can guide the conversation in a direction that is of more interest to me, as opposed to just saying, I choose you and whatever it is you want to tell me. It's not like when you go to a museum and you kind of are only, you got the placards in front of you. That's it. What you do from there, of course, doing your own research and Googling and, um, finding more in depth explanations 
of course can come later, but for me, I enjoy discourse between people. I feel like that sentiment, like the experience between two people means so much more and can, you know, be a better introduction and display of the people of a destination as opposed to a singular piece of text. Now, granted, the same way you shouldn't, not resolve, but the same way you shouldn't um, lump one experience or one conversation with someone to be representative or indicative of the whole, the same is you wouldn't do the same for lit either, right? You'd read, hopefully, more than one book, more than five books, but it's a lot easier to talk to more than five people than it is to read more than, well, I guess it depends on who you are. Some people just reading 27 books is a lot easier than talking to five people. However, we're here and I'm assuming that we have similar um, tastes and approach approaches to the world. So I've gotten a lot from my excursion hosts in trips in particular, but excursion hosts, if you're not exactly someone that wants to uh, be up out and about, there are plenty of other ways that you can get a feel for um, the people of an area and of a region without it having to be something that you actively go out and seek, right? This is all kind of in line with the things that you're already going to do. This is me sharing with you, not covert, but they weren't overt. Like I wasn't going to these people or going to these um entities and situations looking this out they're just like oh shit the stuff that I'm already doing the stuff that you're gonna do anyway can result in so much more than just the surface level interaction right because keep in mind your host your Airbnb host the same way you're booking from them they're also there to answer questions if you need recommendations, if you are interested in like a walking guide or a walking tour, a lot of hosts will also provide that. A lot of hosts will also just fucking break bread with you. And that re- that brings me back to my all-star favorite top 10, 10 out of 10 highly recommend favorite host, Tone from Norway. When I tell you she went above and beyond and I absolutely felt like family to this woman. I cannot tell you that I've had the sense of welcoming that I had there anywhere else other than actually being home or with people that I actually, that I know and love in real life, like back home life. So Tone was such an incredible host just because I, I, I would like to think that a lot of that is just who she is. But um, Norway, I stayed in Tromsø. She picked me up from the airport because she knew that I was coming in, I want to say late Saturday night. And she was saying to me, the bus, because I told her that I was probably going to take a bus or a taxi to get to where she was. And she explained to me that, you know, there's not really bus service at that hour. I'll come get you. So she came, got me. Also, she volunteered Hey, everything's pretty much closed on Sundays. So I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring you to the grocery store. Feel free to pick up whatever you want. There's a couple things in the house, but you know, 
get what you want so that if you decide not to go out and adventure in town, you'll at least be able to fucking eat. Appreciate it. We got back, even though I'd already bought groceries, she says, I'm about to cook. Would you like to join me for dinner? She made us pizza. We had wine. And when I say she made pizza, I've mentioned this before. So if you are from here and not new here, you know, Shorty actually didn't pull out no DiGiorno from the freezer. She got the dough out and layered that shit all out herself. Like she made a fresh pizza. God bless her. And shit was good. And we sat, we ate pizza, literally broke bread and had a bottle of wine. She was so welcoming. I felt like she was like a friend's mom and my friend hadn't made it home from dance practice or some shit. And I was just waiting on her to show up. And so I'm just hanging out with like my best friend's mom or something like that. It was such an incredible experience. And I, I cannot repeat to you guys enough how welcomed and safe I felt in her home. And for me, that was like such a beautiful, cause I didn't really interact with too many people while I was in Norway. Norway was a very short trip. My layover in Oslo got cut in half. I was supposed to have maybe like eight or nine hours where I was going to go out, do like a quick little, one of those layover tour things, and then hit it back to the airport. That didn't happen. So I was literally there for probably Saturday night, Sunday, uh, Saturday night. I was there all day Sunday. And I think I left like pretty late on like Monday or something like that. Nope. I left early on Monday because I remember I slept in the airport because it didn't make sense to me in my mind to go back to the Airbnb to then come back to the airport like four hours later, six hours later. It, it didn't make sense, y'all. That being said, your host talk to your host. If your host gives you the option or if you end up interacting or, um, not passing, not passing by, but intersecting with the host at some point, whether it be the pickup, I went to LA, hit it off with my, um, my Airbnb host in LA. We got really cool. So I've really, um, had, those two, so I'm trying to think, uh, my host in Casablanca was really bomb. Also, she was not from Casablanca. She had moved there from God knows where I want to say she was Italian or French. Don't quite recall, but she was sweet, but tone top tier. Number one, she was my favorite. So my host in Norway really gave me a feeling of, damn, if everybody in Norway is like this, you all right with me, Norway. You cool in my book. So Norway was a good one. Also consider your fucking bartenders. You're going to be there for a while. I love a good mid-tier bar. Not exactly a dive, but absolutely nothing really pretentious. I love going someplace where it's got a dive feel, but not a dive smell. Okay. I hate that stale beer, pissy kind of throw up smell that a lot of bars have. This place, I want to say, ooh, I vaguely remember what it is. Not Pink Elephant. It might have been Pink Elephant. I'm actually looking at the corner of one of the uh, coasters. He gave me like 25 coasters. Like they were, you know, like the, I thought I had one. I did actually have it on my desk, but I put it on boyfriend's desk. I don't have one here or I'd show you. But 
you know the little coasters like the they're paper but like thicker than paper uh that they have on like the bar and stuff i asked him i was just like you mind if i keep this and he was just like here i we've got a ton of them and he just gave me like a stack of like a bunch of different ones and so those are all the coasters that i have around the house also some coasters my mom bought me that are actually really nice but my bartender nico shout out to him he was so cool and that was one of the few interactions i'd say there were maybe a total of three and again these were all solo travels i have had some of the best travel experiences by myself i've done probably 90 percent of my international travel solo i've done let's say 23 countries 24 countries and of those one two three were with other people's the other 20 i did by myself and as a reminder solo travel doesn't have to be you alone not having conversation I find that it's so much easier to start conversations with people when I'm by myself. Um, They don't have to be two hour long conversations. It just can be, hey, would you recommend any bars over here? Or I wanna buy a pocketbook. Do you have a suggestion of some place to go? Or, ooh, I'm in the mood for seafood. Where would you say is a good place to go? Doesn't even have to be great, but then where would you tell me? absolutely not to go like things like that i have found that being on my own has also been less intimidating probably for other people to approach me because they see that you're by yourself a lot of times and they're just like oh hey what's going on it's not like they're walking into a group or interrupting anything so these interactions that i'm also like also of note i should say is that the interactions that i am describing in this episode all happened when it was by myself, when, when I was by myself. So it's not that this is a group of friends. It wasn't, um, me and my wingman. It was all just casual conversation. So, um, Nico, my bartender in Rome was actually a recommendation. A friend of mine, Vinny had gone and he was telling me, oh, wow, you're actually in, I was there while, I was in Rome. You should see if you can try this bar out. It's got, they've got food and everything. Check this spot out. Turns out it was like a three minute walk from the Airbnb that I was staying at. So I went twice and for, and he specifically said, I got real cool with Nico. Holler at Nico. Tell him Vinny said, what's up? So I went, let's say just a Monday night. Nico wasn't there. Another bartender was there. Guy was cool. Said Nico be in tomorrow. Come back if you're here. Next day I came in, Nico was there. I said, hi, I'm friends with Vinny. He told me I should pull up. He said, if you're a friend of Vinny, you're a friend of mine. Bought the first round. And we started talking. I was able to ask him like, what the fuck is up with Rome? I got a lot of cold feelings from a lot of people in Rome. And he went on to tell me how, you know, Rome is basically Vatican. So a lot of the people of Rome can be very, um, conservative. Um, I also enjoy asking people what the climate for, um, the LGBTQIA and all inclusive, the rainbow, uh, community. I, I enjoy asking people 
what the experience of gay and trans people is going to be to their knowledge in an area and what it like, you know, I, I just, we had such a really cool conversation about, yeah, it's not just you. It's just not, Rome isn't exactly the warm, welcoming, open, open hearts, open eyes kind of area. They kind of like, this is what the Pope said. This is what we're standing by. That's it. He had definitely mentioned to me that there was the entire rest of the country of Italy to, um, to visit and to see and that go further North and people are so much warmer. You go further South and people are warmer. So he was like, listen, there's all go, go every, go so many other places. The, your experience of Rome does not have to be your experience of Italy. And that conversation alone definitely had me not, um, you know, want to say, mm, yeah, I'm good on Italy. And also of note, I think I'm, I think I have, cause I, me, I got an outline again. I, I think I run back to, you know, definitely, you know, an interaction is an interaction, not necessarily to paint with a broad brush, if you will, just because you have a bad interaction with one person doesn't mean that everybody there is trash. You can go to a barber shop and the barber fuck your lineup. Everybody else is great barber. That one person isn't. Or you go to a hair salon and one girl just totally fucks your edge, your, your roots up. Can't get them straight. It's terrible. But everybody else is able to do it. So one bad interaction doesn't necessarily have to say that the entire, like the whole, a piece of, a bad piece doesn't make a rotten hole, right? You see like a brown spot in an apple. A lot of times you cut that out, eat the rest of that bitch, right? So your host, your bartenders, um, I've also had some really bomb interactions in restaurants. My absolute favorite that came to mind was, um, in Colombia. I have no recollection of what this man's name was, but I absolutely, absolutely remember his spirit. I'd gone for a breakfast, uh, close to the end of my trip and it was near, the Airbnb that I was staying with was about a five minute walk or whatever in the little town center, I guess. And when I tell you the music was going, his energy was up. He was so accommodating and kind. Food was good, but his energy was there. I was, Oh, what song is this? Who is this? And he's like, Oh, you might like this song. It was just a real, like, I don't need to have a two hour conversation with you to have a good exchange with you. Right. I don't think anybody really needs to. Some people need more. I don't, I'm good. I am good with a moment. Like a good moment is a good moment to me. And in restaurants, sometimes I feel like it can be a little hard, especially when there are packed places and you don't necessarily have the full attention of your waiter or your waitress. But in this case, it was just me. So I had his attention other than the other duties that he had to, um, tend to while at work, we were able to have a really cute, short, but cute conversation. The interaction with him really set the tone for an incredible fucking day. So that experience was really cool. As well as in Amsterdam, I'd spent, it took me like an hour 
to walk to this restaurant. It was a black owned vegan restaurant in Amsterdam that I think I heard about in a travel noir article. And speaking of travel noir articles, shout out to this one here, your girl, top 10 black travel podcasts listened to in 2022. As a reminder, there's a link to that on um, travelshippodcast.com. If you go to the press tab, if you would like to check that out, as well as the other incredible black travel podcasts that they have featured, such as my boo, Wanda of Black Women Travel. Um, but the I don't remember. First of all, the proprietor was a gem. He was, I want to say his name was Sam. He, a beautiful man, by the way. Uh, he, the, mixologists is... I, I was a bartender. I make you a bomb ass Coco Loso. I make a strong as fuck drink in the house. But a mixologist and a bartender, two different things. Mixologist, I am not. The drinks they had there were concoctions. They were ingestible spells, if you will. Great experience. The food was divine. And the service with which all of the delicious eat and drink was accompanied with was top tier. I, again, felt it was such a vibe. I felt welcomed there. We didn't have like a long drawn out conversation, but he definitely took time to speak with me. We got picture, we got some pics in and I will never forget. I don't know if this young lady was his partner um, like life partner or just business partner. I don't know if she was a manager, but I know that she worked there and somehow I got speaking to her and she was, she gave me the heads up about Tel Aviv and she was telling me just a heads up. They're really intense at the airport. Maybe don't take it personal, but maybe give yourself a little extra time because they can be a bit aggressive. They can be a little so just keep in mind, you're a solo traveler, you're a black woman, you might want to just keep in the back of your mind that it may not be as pleasant as pleasant an experience as you may be used to in other locations. Yeah, sis was right because Tel Aviv was the absolute worst, boom, yeah, probably the absolute worst uh, air experience I've ever had. And that includes all of the delayed layovers that I've had. And that was it. That one was the one. Oh, another honorable mention for hosts. I was in Peru. And while I did not get to meet my host, I was so disappointed when I was leaving I got to the airport to find out that my flight to Mexico City had gotten delayed by nine fucking hours and I would not be able to do the day tour that thank God I was actually in the line trying to book and I ended up just for some reason just like, all right, I'll, I'll figure it out because the line started moving and I got to the uh, ticket counter before I pressed go on deciding on the trip because my shit was delayed and I wasn't able to make it to Mexico. Um, well, I made it to Mexico cause I had to do the uh, next part of the flight, but long and the short, the initial plans fell through, but 
my host was like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that you were leaving because I was actually preparing dinner and I was going to invite you to come, you know, come to, cause she had like a two or three story, uh, house that I, I stayed at the top floor with a beautiful outdoor, uh, terrace area. It's fucking huge. And when I tell you like every day I could smell the food as I walked up the stairs to the apartment I was in. And I was so fucking butthurt, y'all. But it was such a kind gesture. She was so sweet. And I didn't get to meet her in person. But, you know, she had uh, she had my heart when she was just like, I was cooking for you. And I was just so disappointed. But um, she gets an honorable mention there. Um, so restaurants. Striking up conversation with, you know, your server, the hostess, or even just people that are sitting near and around you at a restaurant can result in a really, really uh, pleasant and impactful conversation while you're traveling. And again, this is something you didn't have to go out of your way to do. This is in the normal course of your day. Shit that you're going to do. What was the other one I had? Um, Oh, okay. This one. Uh, shopping, talking to the merchants and the shop owners. My favorite experience with a merchant or shop owner was in Puerto Rico. Boyfriend and I went out there for our anniversary and we, I want to say, I think we think his name was Ray. We didn't dig out the card to confirm, but we think his name was Ray. And he owned a liquor store in the back of like his wife owned, I don't want to say like a gift shop. It was not a full on metaphysical shop, but definitely, definitely had like a lot of crystals and herbs and candles and incense and, you know, little stones and tchotchkes and like, um, banners and really cute shop. And in the back were, was all of the, the spirits and the wines. And we ended it up, we ended up chopping it up with Ray for a substantial amount of time. And then we ended up coming back to talk to him again. And we bought another bottle and Ray was a gem. And that was all because, well, again, boyfriend is into spirits that like, that's his jam. He enjoys discussing this, uh, what is it, distillation process or distillery processes, but how the shit gets distilled. Um, he enjoys all that shit. So he had simply asked a question about what would you suggest? And then that opens up the, well, what are you into? What do you normally drink? What are you used to? And so from there, an hour later, we're talking about, you know, where he grew up in New York, when he moved over to Puerto Rico, why he never came back. And the whole, the whole, it, beautiful interaction, right? Just the opportunity to meet people in places that you don't expect to, you know, make new friends. I ended up, um, you know what? No, I'm not going to include him because I can't even say that. Okay. Yeah, we'll take him off the list. Cause I had gotten a bag in Rome and I'm a very indecisive person. And I remember I don't know exactly what he said to me, but one, uh, he was also one of the only people that I remember actually having a pleasant interaction with in Rome, other than Nico, in terms of people that I, you know, especially I'm spending money. I don't understand how you're nasty to people that are spending money, especially when they're not nasty to you. If they're nasty to you, that's one thing. But if someone isn't nasty to you and they about to spend money with you, it's you. Um, but 
yeah, he ended up helping me decide between a bag because he had something really cute and funny to say. And I was just like, okay, I'll go with this one. So that guy was cool, but he doesn't have to be on the list because it wasn't really like, oh, people in Rome are great. So next on that. Um, taxi drivers. I have had some of the absolute most bomb and warm drivers. My two favorites. I'm first going to say my guy Tito in Bali. Tito, I will, I believe Tito is still, I'm pretty sure he's still a driver out there. I still keep in touch with Tito. We exchange greetings during the holidays. He ended up dropping me at my swim with the, the mantas, like the, the, not stingrays, but I think they're similar animals or beasts, whatever. But he had dropped me off at my excursion and, you know, took the extra trip to get out the car and help me find the people that I was um, supposed to meet with. And he actually waited with me for a little bit until it was just like, okay, there is actually somebody else here that is part of the tour that I am doing. Right. So Tito, my guy. And when he came to pick me up, he had his boys in the, um, the van with him. So I got to meet his sons. They were so fucking cute. But, um, Tito was the absolute sweetest. Tito was one of my favorite drivers and Benny, Benny in Peru. When I tell you, I think I was in the car with Benny for maybe four hours and I can't think of someone who seemed to have a more gentle and warm heart. And I would like to think, I would like to think that I am a decent uh, judge of character. I will not say that I have always been right about a person, but um, I would like to really hope that the people that I remember very fondly from my travels are actually as good as I think them to be or as good as my experience of them was. I would like to think that those are full and complete representations of who they really are. But that being said, I want to say his name was Benny and he was my driver in Peru and he brought me to, um, to Rubari, which was one of my favorite experiences that I'd seen some of the most beautiful, 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 beautiful sights, uh, that I've ever seen on that day in particular, y'all absolutely fucking incredible. We did a, not with Benny, but the excursion was uh, zip lining and it was a horseback ride through the jungle. And then what was the last part? Oh, like a nature trail. Like I, we did like a hike through the forest, the jungle woods, whatever. Um, so fucking insane, incredible. But Benny made the trip Again, I think that a lot of times the first person that you interact with before something absolutely sets the tone. Benny set the tone for me to have an incredible fucking day, right? He picked me up and we had two hours of conversation. Like it wasn't like he only drove me 30 minutes to get where I needed to be. Like I was there. I sat in the front. And that's another thing. I think sitting in the front can make the experience a little more personable. You know, when you're sitting in the front, you're more inclined to speak with someone. 
Not to say that you can't speak with someone while you're sitting in the backseat, but I think that sitting in the front lends itself to, you know, discourse and conversation a little bit more easily than sitting in the back. Sitting in the back, I think that it's more, it's easy to resolve yourself to what it is on the surface. This is a transaction. This person is picking you up or dropping you off or getting you from some point A to point B. And you're more inclined to be on your phone, checking on something else versus, you know, being present in the moment and speaking to the singular person in the vehicle with you. And Benny, he was telling me about some nonprofit or charitable work that he had been doing and just some of the um, really cool interactions he had had with other people that he had driven and like full circle moments, like someone that he had hosted like five years ago ended up being able to assist him with a project that he was working on and such a fucking cool person. And he always um, stands out as someone that I can say that I was happy to meet. And that was a really, really, really nice experience. Um, and that was in Peru. Uh, what else did I have on here? Uh, oh, circling back to point one, excursions and hosts, my man, Marlon, Marlon from, whoa, man, wait, let me see. I'm gonna look it up. Cause Marlon's my guy. He made for the most in Incredible day. Oh yeah, I did change my revenue. I'll I'll do this later. Uh, WhatsApp. Let me see if I can find him on Instagram. Um. Yes. Local. Local Cartagena to- tours. That is his IG. Local Cartagena tours. Um. Marlon was one of the absolute best. Um. I won't necessarily, I can't necessarily say tour guide because he was not my personal guide. I met Marlon on a tour that I'd done with Alex and Chris Rocha of the Real Cartagena, I want to say is the name of theirs. Uh, Experience Real Cartagena. Also highly recommend them on, um, any trip that you may take to Colombia, especially if you're going to be in the Cartagena area, but experience real Cartagena. I had gone on the, on their Palenque tour. And while I was on that tour, I met Marlon. Now at the time that I met Marlon, I did not know that Marlon also had his own tour company. So I'm having a great time. Chris, um, one of the guides, one of the proprietors of, um, experience real Cartagena, a fucking gem made for a really, really, really great time. Um, and so shout out to him as well, because he's also on the list of people that I was able to interact with that gave me such a warm and fond experience and memory of what, a community and what the people of an area can be like, as well as, damn, I still actually, no, I haven't spoken to her in a while. I'm trying to think of what, uh, I want to say it was Rosa. I see her face in my mind. She did the head wrap tour. Laura, I want to say her name was Laura. She was so, so, so sweet. She also 
was again, solo. It's a lot easier sometimes to have like conversation and engage with people and they tend to welcome you into more areas of, I don't want to say life, but it's a lot. Sometimes it's also easier to get into shit when it's just you. Also, when you roll up with a cruise, it may not necessarily, depending on where you're going or what you're trying to do, it may not necessarily be conducive to adding six people to, but if it's just like, oh, just one person, we could fit you in. Or, oh, it's just you. All right, girl, come on. That kind of thing. But, uh, so Marlon, I met doing the Palenque tour. I was speaking with, um, I see her face. I want to say her name was actually Sarah, but a young lady that I'd met on the tour to Palenque, I was going through her IG and I was like, damn sis, like your, your, um, pictures at the pink sea look really dope, but I can't find it. And she was just like, Oh, hit up Marlon. So I hit Marlon on, on, what was it on like WhatsApp or something like that. But I had also, I think I was talking to him or I had messaged. I don't know how the fuck it was, but I ended up putting two and two together and I went to another app and I'm like, is this the same Marlon that I'm talking to about booking X, Y, and Z? And then he was like, yes. Yes, it is. And when I tell you Marlon helped me put together the most incredible day that I had in Colombia, that's the day that I was able to do the pink sea. I went to um, the mud volcano where you do the, um, you know, the body massage with the, the volcanic mud. And I did a beach stop for dinner. And I got to, uh, dinner on the beach was so beautiful. And then I went to just go on the beach and it was, let's just say it was like a Tuesday afternoon. So it wasn't even hardly anybody on the fucking beach. Such a beautiful experience. Marlon helped me put that together and he was so patient and accommodating. It was like one of those damn, okay, how much? Okay. Can I use a credit card? Can I pay you in cash? I only have X cash, but I want to have some spending cash. Do you don't even worry about it. I'll have the driver make sure you get to an ATM. Um, okay, what else? I don't know if this, you know what? If this doesn't work out, we'll rearrange and we'll get this in. You know, matter of fact, don't even worry about it. I'll make this. When I tell you he made everything happen and what was the icing on the cake was he kept following up throughout the day. He would consistently call his driver every couple of hours, like around when he knew we would hit different locations. He would call him, check in. Is everything good? Do you have any questions? Because the driver I had wasn't exactly um, a fluid, uh, a fluent English speaker. So I knew that I could text Marlon or hit Marlon up, but Marlon absolutely followed up with me and would um, check in with the driver to make sure that I was taken care of and I didn't have any questions and that everything was going smoothly and that we were good to go. And he also made sure that I just had bomb a bomb driver. Like my driver was mad cool. It was just really hard to communicate because I'm not a fluent Spanish speaker and he wasn't a fluent English speaker. Um, but yeah, so hosts, excursions, you meet people and again, a reminder as a solo travel, a uh, solo traveler, it can really be easier than you think it is in your head. Because I remember what my thought process before going by myself would be. It was like, damn, I'm gonna just be sitting by myself like that, forgetting Sarah Marshall, um, that part of the movie when he goes to dinner and, 
oh man, what's that guy's name? I see his face. I am not a names girl, y'all. Jonah Hill. That's his name. When Jonah Hill's character is just like, table for one, just yourself. Like, you're not going to be lonely. You're, you just want one menu. Like, no one... Like, that That scene, again, retention's not my thing. So, you can Google the Forgetting Sarah Marshall restaurant scene. There's a couple of really good restaurant scenes, but if you find it, the shit is funny. And that's what I thought solo travel was going to be, right? Just sitting at tables and sitting at bars by yourself, having no one to talk to, just reading a book and drinking your wine solo. And, you know, you walk around, you sightsee, take pictures, and you just do it in silence. I've had some of the most incredible conversations. I've had some of the best, like, interactions with people, the most fun, like, group setting shit, just because, like I said, it's easier to include one person with your crew as opposed to trying to include an extra six people in a lot of t- in a lot of situations. So I cannot stress to you enough, if you get to this moment and you think that solo travel is relegating you to being solo the entire time, it absolutely frees you up to come and go as you please. And again, it's a taste. It's a personal taste. I am trying to think of what would possibly like be my next solo trip, but I can't think of one just because I, at this point, I really just do love traveling with my boyfriend. I know I'll take another solo trip just because I've had such incredible times before and I don't want to lose that I don't want to lose that connection that I'm able to consistently find with myself in myself by myself when I travel by myself. Um, so even if you do find yourself being partnered, if you've ever been a solo travel, or even if you've never been a solo traveler, I would absolutely suggest taking a solo trip. I don't think boyfriend's ever taken a solo trip. And that's absolutely still something that I stand behind. I don't have to do everything with you. I want him to take a trip someplace by himself so he can get that experience of solo travel as well. I mean, I remember he mentioned that it was something that he had been interested in and I absolutely support that. Um, Hmm. mental noting for another topic but yeah I feel like um it could be just because it's what I tend to gravitate to I don't know I feel like there should yeah it could just be me not looking for it because I am not a man but I feel like a lot of solo travel is solo travel for women I don't think that solo travel for men is because so because men do everything it's just one of those things like where whiteness is the standard when ethnicity and race is not mentioned unless the person is a non-white person it's kind of like travel travel becomes like solo travel more so when you are referencing a woman traveling by herself whereas when you mention a man that's traveling by himself he's just a traveler but again that's a digress. I digress there. And that's a little bit of a rabbit hole, but a conversation for another day. Um, but all of those things of note, because travel is so much more than vacation, you can do those things at home as well. You don't have to wait until you are abroad someplace to spark a conversation with your taxi driver. I remember the first time 
that I learned about uh, Burkina Faso, landlocked country in Africa, West Coast, um, not too far from, I want to say, Ivory Coast. And I was talking to my Uber driver. This was way before COVID and I was in the front seat. And I think we dropped off whoever the fuck was in the back and I was the last person. Oh no, I had booked, I think, a group trip and he had just... Cause I'm trying to think of why the fuck I was in the front. I think it was because there was somebody, there was a group of girls in the back. We dropped them off shortly after picking me up. And then he ended up not picking up any more, um, rides. I ended up just getting like a straight ride from like Manhattan to Queens. That was always one of my favorite come ups when I would book like a group trip or like where you just book a, a shared Uber and then nobody else ends up getting in your Uber. So you get to save like that $5, even though but anyway, um, that was the first time I'd ever heard of the country. And we had such a cool fucking conversation just by me saying, how was your day today? Pleasantries. You start with being fucking nice. And if somebody else wants to be nice, the two of you motherfuckers could be nice together. And being nice together can turn into a really nice conversation. And I really loved him telling me about why he came over and I don't remember all the details, but it was a great conversation and it got me curious about his home country. Now I want to go fucking visit because I, I didn't hear of it before. I, you know, was just like, okay, yeah. So on my list of places to go, definitely Ivory Coast, definitely South Africa, definitely Ghana, definitely Nigeria. I really kind of want to visit Congo, but don't know which area there may be some tension in at this point because I was basically going off of what my um what do you call it um ancestry.com results were in terms of my lineage if you will and so I said okay those move up to the top that's where I want to visit first but then of course you've got Kenya you've got um Oh, what was the other place I said I wanted to go? Egypt. Uh, I would love to do Morocco again, but this time do, I want to say Casablanca is Southern Morocco. I don't fucking know. No, it can't be because it's, there's a coast. So I'm trying to think of what the other, well, there was one other part of Morocco in particular. I knew that I wanted to visit. It's not coming to me right now, but anyway, I'd had that really, really incredible conversation with him and he was able to uh, add another country in Africa to add to my list of places that I definitely, absolutely wanted to visit. And that was because of our personal interaction. Um, I will never forget, I used to work retail. I was basically stock manager and at this one store and they technically wouldn't give me the managerial title, but I had all the managerial duties, if you will. But, and by wouldn't give me the title, they, that means the pay. I don't give a fuck what you call me, pay me, pay me my worth. Right. Which wasn't happening, but it was retail. So whatever. And this was before I graduated. So I didn't mind just showing up. It was some college job. Right. So, 
I was doing something. I was helping the salespeople on the floor. I had never had any interest in being a salesperson because I didn't want to have to talk to anybody. Put me in the back. I'll stack these shoes. I will organize the watches. I will snake these shoes. Y'all, my stock room was popping. All that being said, I was helping them bring shoes to the floor and I'd stop to help this one customer. And when I tell you this nigga was so fucking nasty to me, I actually had to stop and was just like, check this out. We're not going to do this. Do you want a 10 or do you want an 11? Because this tone, which do you want? I'm helping you. So if you tell me what you want, I can help. And it was, I was, and that was because I got nasty with him because I saw how nasty he was being to the women that were with him. It it seemed like I made the assumption that it may have been like, you know, a wife or a sister, somebody, but I wasn't feeling it. And then he started directing that shit to me and it was absolutely not going to happen. And once he turned it down and I finally bought him his shoes, he was like, please, please take this. And he had given me like an evil eye and he, it was like a little, a tiny little pendant. And he was like, please take this. Thank you for your help. I appreciate it. You keep this with you. It will keep you safe. And it was, it will always be one of those interactions that stands out to me because when I tell you this nigga was so nasty, just like so mean. And when addressed, when that shit just was kind of like, okay, this is this, what we're doing here. I'm doing hands here. If you're not watching on YouTube, link in the bio, not in the bio, but in the description, what we're doing here isn't going to work. And in like the 49 seconds it took for me to go to the back, come back out with what it was that he needed, how that attitude switched and changed. And all of a sudden it's just like, oh, so you're a person, you are a human. We can, we can discourse. Okay. Where are you from? And then he was just like, I'm from Turkey, yada, 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 something, something. And we had a very short, quick conversation. He gave me the pen. And it was one of those things where, you know, certain gifts you don't turn down, whether or not you carry it or keep it on you or whatever, like you can accept it and toss it or whatever. I know there's this one. It's funny because I was actually talking to one of my coworkers the other day about it, there's a homeless guy that used to come into my job. And every time he would, you know, on his way out, he would, he'll always give me like a little candy, right? Um, wrapped or whatever. I never eat them. I don't, I'm not a candy girl anyway, but he'll always give me like the little church lady candies, right? Like a little peppermint or like a little red sucker or something, but he's all, it's just someone with nothing gives you something. Or someone who has no reason to give you anything offers you a kind gesture. To me, that is something you accept. You accept that person's well wishes. Whether or not I eat the candy, I never do. I always throw the shit out. But he's always so kind to think of me on his way out. He go, and he always does one of those little. It's the, it's so fucking cute. But um, again, that's one of those things that I'm absolutely going to accept. Actually, now I'm thinking of another coworker that actually, a coworker that always loves to give me fucking candy. She's a sweetheart too. I never eat them, but I take them. Thank you. I appreciate it. That being said, 
that guy will always stand out to me because of how wrongly that interaction started out and then got better. And I also have, um, since I mentioned it, coworkers, talk to your coworkers, whether or not your coworker is from someplace that you've never mentioned, because that's how we got on this conversation in the first place. Talking to people who are not from where you're from, whether it be you discussing their trip. I've got one coworker who just spent a month in, was he in Ivory Coast? Or he actually might've been in, um, Burkina Faso. I don't remember. I got to check in with him sometime next week, but you know, you know, you don't be passing the same people all the time in the hallways at work. But anyway, talk to your coworkers, whether or not it's someplace they are from, um, or, you know, have a homeland that they revisit often, or if it is just them explain, uh, not explaining, but like detailing different trips and vacations and experiences that they themselves have had, just be open to conversation. I truly, truly think that people can absolutely be the greatest gift to other people. Conversation means so much to me. I am a talker. Again, here we are, podcast hosts. Hi, it me. So words, words are a joy for me to exchange with people. It's a free gift, free in the sense that, I mean, there is a spend, you have to spend your time, you have to spend your energy and your attention. However, it's of no monetary value. Not all the time, but you get where I'm going with this. It's a free exchange that you can gain so much value from. And I hope that through the course of this episode, you've seen from my experiences, the value that can be gained from talking to people, opening your eyes and opening your mouth, talk to someone that's near you, whether or not it be while you are abroad or while you are home thinking of going abroad. There is so much to see and experience. And I think a good starting point is talking to the people around you. All right, guys. So I had a good time. I'd been looking forward to this conversation for a while um, since I had the combo with the girl at the job. And I'm happy that I was able to have it with you. I hope you enjoyed it. And of course, remember again, travel is so much more than vacation. Open your hearts and open your mouths and talk to the people around you. All right, y'all. See you next week. Bye.